The surge in U.S. oil and gas production has been a game changer for our country and for the world. In this new world order, an entire new set of opportunities has arisen and Toro is leading the charge in attacking and shaping the future. Entoro is a Houston-based investment bank with a veteran team of oil and gas professionals. We have built the most technically advanced platform to transact oil and gas assets and raise private capital. Today's technology is so robust, it opens a whole new set of doors. We're busting down the barrier to private capital and have, and have a proprietary relationship with the family office network. Private capital will move quickly to seize the vast opportunities in oil and gas left by the exit of public sector funding. Cash, speed, and knowledge are king. We are sourcing financing for assets that can deliver a coupon plus growth, be it for oil and gas production, oil field services, or midstream projects. Welcome to the future of oil and gas and internal capital where innovation creates opportunity. Where we talk about Pickering Energy Partners, how you invest, the, the, the thought process of de-risking things and making sure you're making more money than you, than you spend. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and I know there was, there, was a, there was a breakfast or there was some event that was happening. Well, what was that? What, we had a forecast breakfast today. So every year for the last nine, we've come out to Midland and kind of shared our thoughts on what's going on in the oil patch, why we are where we are and what the next year or two look like. And so we had that forecast breakfast today and um, <clears throat> it's always, you know, end of the year is a good time to reflect on what the, what's happened and what's yeah. going to happen as we look ahead. So it's been a, it's always in uh, ahead of our Christmas party. So nine years of having Christmas parties as well. <laughs> and uh, it was a, it was a good one again today. Wow. You gave the presentation? I did. Wow. Right on. Still saved your voice for us. That's right. You <laughs> got it. <laughs> okay, that's awesome, man. Is it, are you going to touch any of that? Because that sounds like a fascinating little talk. Did you did you bring a little bit in that? So I don't have that here, but I'll, I'll weave some of it in. Right on. Perfect. Okay. Right on. Good. So for our drill down segment, what I thought I'd talk about is what we're doing in the Permian and, and with our investing business. And so I think a key to how we see the world today is that if we think about the shale revolution in the last 10 years, okay. mm -hmm. um, it's been about trying to figure out what that opportunity set looks like. So we start drilling horizontal wells, big fracks, and then the question is where, where can we do it? How big is the opportunity? And so it's basically been, you know, we've spent a decade grabbing acreage, drilling wells, figuring out what our optimal com completions look like, et cetera. So we spent a lot of time wow. drawing the box, for instance, around the Permian. Wow. What's the boundaries? Mm -hmm. Where do things work best? So that's been wildly successful. Uh, a couple million barrels a day of production here out here has gone to five million barrels a day. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but from a macro perspective, it's also created a lot of supply globally in the oil price is not as sure. good as it was. And so we're sort of entering, in our opinion, the next phase of what happens out in the Permian, which is how do we optimize and develop these assets that we found? Mm -hmm. So at the micro level, at the geoscientist level, it's, it's, you know, what's that rock look like foot by foot by foot? Uh, you know, you start moving up and it's, okay, how many companies do we really need to develop these assets. Mm -hmm. um, who's the best at it? How much mm -hmm. money do we spend? How quickly? And so we think the world's changed from money plowing into, you know, drill one well per section, hold wells and flip it to the next guy. Now it's about developing the mm -hmm. asset. 
And so the question for us was, how do we deploy capital in this environment in a way that doesn't look like everybody else that uh, can, you know, make money for our investor base? And so we felt as we entered kind of this new development phase that, that there would be opportunities driven by the fact that we're five years into a downturn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and capital's getting harder to come by. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. public markets aren't giving people money, no IPOs, no secondary offerings. Banks are tightening, tightening their uh, lending requirements. Private equity, which had been throwing money at portfolio companies, has started to say, wait a second, um, let's slow down. Mm-hmm. And so companies are going to have to operate as real businesses as opposed to transactions. Hey, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll jump in, spend three years doing this and sell it to the next guy. Now it's how are we going to build a company? Wow. We saw that a lot this year. I mean, as far as like how flooded the market was with all these different assets that were up for sale, because yep. I mean, we sure. were reviewing different assets every other week and we're yep. just like, wow, what's going sure. on? And yep. Well, I would argue that that box that was being built over the t- past 10 years, if, if you looked at the profit gain the net profit of that box would probably be in the black, maybe. A- absolutely, <laughs> I think that. You think so? Absolutely. The, the, th- the thing that's tough <laughs> is again five years into a downturn, yeah. when the game has changed a little bit, it's hard to remember that ten years ago, almost all these companies were a lot smaller. So if we went from two thousand and four to two thousand and fourteen, yeah. shale added billions and billions and billions of dollars worth of value to to these public companies and, and to private companies. Mm-hmm. From 2014 to now, oil price has gone down. Sure. Buyer universe has started to shrink. And so the value's down from the peak, but it's way up from where it was yeah. 10 years ago. Sure. So That's a good way of looking at it. No question there's value added in this. Yeah. But there's also been for the last three or four or five years, there's also been kind of this realization that we're going to have to do it better to have another step function in value. Oh, yeah. And I'd say, I like the way you say it makes me feel like there's a transition being built. It's not that we can get better because I don't think we can today. If we just put more money into it, we can just put more wells and increase oil production, but not our performance. Our performance is not getting better. It's it's not even plateauing. It's actually, I think, trending worse. And when you look at uh, horizontal wells and uh, and what's happening in this game, so this transition, and that's what I th- I'm getting from this conversation. You're talking about making a transition in how to invest into this box, mm-hmm. and you're building the transition. You're out there running this thing. We're, you're paving we're, the road. We're trying to. You got this. We're trying to. And so, as we looked at as we looked at 2019 and 2020, and where do you really want to put money to work? What we said is we think that rather than grabbing something to flip it, right. the real answer right now is, is how do you own assets that are cash flowing? That's right. Mm-hmm. And um, what we've seen from you know, around the country is that cash flowing assets in, in a world where there are fewer buyers and a little bit of supply demand imbalance, that the value of those assets has come in, which means the return opportunities are going up. Sure. So, typically in the oil and gas business, you you know you you pay for approved reserves. You might pay a ten percent discount rate, PV ten. Right. And we're seeing that that's now starting to expand. You 15, get a higher return, PV 16, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Sixteen. 
16. <laughs> um, and so what we said is, if we can come to one of the best basins in the world and get a 15% return on our money, and we can hedge that, reduce our risk because we can go out with a, a producing asset, look at look at the production profile, hedge that forward production, we're lowering our risk. Mm-hmm. And so... What's the uh, timeline? What's the timeline? On yeah, this? so so the way we think about it is is we're going to spend money as l- long as we can can generate those kinds of returns. We'll we'll put money to to work. We think about and this is really important. I don't know what the time frame is. The great I don't know when I can sell it to somebody else, but what I know is I can sell it every day to the oil market, right? I mm-hmm, mean, we're producing these assets, yeah. and, and so if I can. And, and I say I, an important component to us was, um, you know, we sit in Houston. Uh, we wanted to partner with somebody that was in the thick of it out here in the Permian. And, you know, one of the ways to be successful is associate yourself with people that are smarter than you are. And so we'd had a long relationship with the folks at Henry Resources. Wow. You know, they've been here in the Permian for oh, 50 years, yeah. celebrating oh, yeah. the 50th anniversary this year. And... They're money makers, proven track record. Yeah. They know the Permian. And so we we've known them for the last decade, and we started talking about this concept of buying proven producing assets. They liked it. We liked it. We said, let's do it together. Wow. And instead of just buying, you know, we want to operate these assets so we can hopefully keep costs low. The Henrys have done a great job of that over time. And so the concept that we developed was – Let's buy the asset. We'll operate the assets mm-hmm. together. We'll hedge the production so our cash flows are safe. And then to make sure that our investors are making money, getting more money back than they put in, we're going to distribute that annual cash flow back out. So rather than drilling a ton of wells, mm-hmm. we're giving at least half the money back to our investors that we generate on an annual basis. Got and so it. it's kind of a yield play. So in yeah, a world no. where, you know, half the world's got negative interest rates and ours are, you know, 1.5%, if we can give somebody uh, a 10% dividend yield on the way to a 15% total return, that's, I mean, it's kind of it's a no-brainer. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's fantastic. Kind of a no-brainer. And so... Where do I sign up? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, but, yeah. but remember, the reason the opportunity exists is mm. because not that many people want to sign up because it's the oil and gas business, oh, yeah. and you're five years into a downturn, and prices yeah. are yeah. down. Good reason but, to be scared. But yeah, but like you were saying, that proven production, that PDP, that value, you're getting money coming into the or into the tank the second you bought that asset, That's right? right? Opposed to, hey, fifty thousand dollars an acre. You know, we're in the heart of this play. We have to put in a hundred million dollars before we even see a cent back. That's exactly right. So I mean it. That's I it. think it's the future That's right it. now. Yeah, we saw yeah. that. I think I think we saw that model developing uh, yeah. in the pa- in the past six months, yeah. and eight months. Uh, so, do you go into Henry's kind of high level the, the the history of how he actually became successful? Because I I, rem- I have an idea based off me not asking questions, <laughs> but I've I've seen Henry floating around the Midland Country yep. Club, and I'm I've met I think I've shaken his hand anyway. Uh, seems like a really, really cool guy. Really easy to easy to talk to, and and uh, and I want to say it was that he he had a good position of the Sprayberry and sold a big chunk of acreage to Concho. That's right. 
That's right. So if you look at, at the history of the business, Jim started 50 years ago. Uh, he was a consulting engineer. Then he said, rather than consulting, I want to be in the business. And so he developed an oil and gas company. And I think um, if you look back, the they were early, Vertical Wolfberry um, started developing that place, saw it going horizontal. And I think Jim and his team have done a great job of identify so so importantly right how do you become an expert you do something for a long period of time and so they've developed this expertise they haven't tried to stray beyond the basin they they don't go out and, mm-hmm. and drill wells in the Bakken or the Eagleford they're Permian players know what you know and exactly and so when this place started to develop I think the other piece of it was Jim knew the kind of company that he wanted to have and so um, it had been a a family-owned and operated business. It had gotten larger, and I think he felt like he was better as a smaller company entrepreneur, and so he had this incredible asset at a time period where people were paying up for incredible assets, and so he sold. And and the company's done that two or three or four times over the last 15 years. No kidding. Last 15 years, two, three times. And I wouldn't say they didn't top ticket every time, and they didn't... They didn't come back in at the exact bottom. The whole point is hang around the hoop. When things get fairly valued, be willing to let assets go. When things get cheap, be willing to stay back in, you know, jump back in. And so we were really encouraged that they like this idea because they've had a long history of kind of figuring out when's a good time to deploy capital. Man, I love that analogy. If you said or hang around the hoop, is that a basketball That's analogy? That's a basketball term, yeah. Yep. So he's looking for easy layups and letting people shoot the That's right. shoot the threes. That's right. <laughs> Gra- grab rebounds and yeah. make, you know, easy baskets. Hell and yeah. That that implies that this is easy to do. It's not. Right. Mm-hmm. Um but but I think over the last, you know, twenty five years these guys have gotten real good at Sticking to their knitting, buying mm-hmm. opportunities, drilling wells. Keeping a team together. Exactly. Developing good technical expertise. Wow, solid contacts. Yeah. All of that. And so we're just now starting this process. So in September, we launched this uh, this effort to, to go out and, and buy these PDP assets. I think one important distinction is given that we're not reinvesting a bunch of cash flow, we'll drill some low-risk proven undeveloped wells or Mm -hmm. locations, but um, we're probably not going to be the buyer of core the core type assets because all those undeveloped locations, they may not be worth the 60 or 50,000 that they were trading for three or four years ago, but they're not worth zero. Mm -hmm, And so we're, nobody's going to sell us PDP assets and give us those PUD wells for free Mm -hmm. in the core of the core. So we're going to be out on the fringes of the basin for the most part buying assets that were probably very economic at 75 or 80 dollar oil but you're not going to drill much at 50 or 55 and so that the cash flow is really all that you're buying there at mm-hmm. this point in time it gives us some nice optionality down the road if prices were to increase those locations will become more valuable but they don't, don't have to be and there. i was going to say as these core assets are beginning to develop, we see these operators moving closer and closer to the fringes. So yep. it's just, they're going to run out of running room eventually, and they're just going to be buttoned up right next to you again. And, what are they going to buy? Yeah, what are they going to buy? What's well, what's going to be that next spray berry, that next concho thing? Yeah, yeah. And, and that will come, that's going to come when things 
improve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the opportunity exists because folks are getting a little discouraged and they're either, you know, where are we going to get these assets? It's going to be from folks who are, who are consolidating and have non-core properties. It's going to be from companies that have um, great drilling opportunities, but are cash constrained. So maybe they have to sell some of their, their cash flowing assets to get, you know, a, a multiple of their money there so they can go drill those high rate of return um, wells closer to the core. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a number of different people that are probably willing sellers here, but, um, you know, we're, we're just now, we're just getting going. I'm so excited <laughs> for you, Pickering Energy, and what Henry Petroleum is going to do. You have bought yourself time at the same time. PBE podcast and all of our following and everything that we're doing on the geoscience and engineering side is getting better. We're going to get drastically better and it's going to happen quick. Drastically better and it's going to happen quick. You got to follow this story, Dan. I'm not, I, I love the PBE. I'm biased, but there's something happening here and people are engaging mm-hmm. and we're going from 1,000 barrels a day IPs to five to 10. Mark my words. Wow. In the next five years, your extension of a sweet spot is actually going to be figured out in a different way, and you're going to be stimulating these reservoirs mm-hmm. in, a, in a slightly different way. This slick water 100 mesh is just the beginning. We've stumbled our way into the slick water 100 mesh, and now what we're seeing is little tweaks mm-hmm. to the stimulation. And if you understand your rock, if you're doing the geoscience and you understand where you put that well bore relative to how to stimulate it with the right chemistry, you have a sweet spot. You have acreage that's worth more than we believe it's worth right now. Guaranteed, Dan, it's going to be extremely successful. And that's why I'm so excited to see this happen. When you were speaking, I was just like, this is going to be an unbelievable success story. What's what's interesting, Troy, is is what you're describing would sort of be the history of the oil business, Permian Basin in particular, right? You start with, with how we drilled wells and completed wells. 50 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, you know, the industry's done a great job of getting smarter and better. And mm. now we've got a lot more resource to try and figure out. Right. And so, you know, it's, that's your day job, right? The mm-hmm. day job is how do you take what you got and make it better? Yeah. And we're going to drill. I, uh, sorry to interrupt. No, 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 no. I was just going to say it's, that's been the history of the business. And you always think that's hard or that's impossible. We're doing stuff that 20 years ago, people would say is impossible. Yeah. So the question is, what can we make possible over the next five years? Or 10 Let me years? ask you this. I'm going to put you up against the wall a little bit. Let's take one, let's take five square miles of your acreage right now where you know there's a horizontal play and you know it's going to be developed horizontally. Five years from now, in a five mile by five mile radius, how many horizontal well bores do you think is going to be inside that block? And how long are your well bores? Because I will challenge your answer either way. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. He's it's leading a the witness, yeah. Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you going to have a hundred, five? Um, I don't have a good answer for that question. Right now, we're going the opposite direction. Whatever you assumed. It's fewer wells, not more wells, that's right. because mm-hmm. of this parent-child issue that's that's developing. Um, and then the question would be: What we know is the industry seems capable of drilling effectively and completing effectively ten thousand foot laterals. We can drill fifteen, but 
what I hear from a lot of folks is those 15,000 foot laterals are maybe not as productive and, and you don't get to leverage that extra, you know, 5,000 feet as, as well as you can that first 10,000 feet. So, so my answer is going to be 10,000 foot laterals. And I don't know the number of wells, but I'm dying to hear your answer on what it's going to be. <laughs> Here's my prediction of what your five by five square miles is going to look like in five years from now. And we're going to come back to this episode and we're going to, we're going to talk about it. I think what you're going to have is something more like 10 to 20 wells that are about 2,500 to 5,000 feet max. And what you've figured out, what your geoscientists and engineers identified was that this unconventional play is mostly impermeable mud that contributes zero mm -hmm. to the wellbore. And we have these lenses of deliverable rock. And it's not about the idea of drilling as many as we can in 10,000 feet and fracking into what we think is there. We don't know which direction they're in. We're going to have the resolution and the geoscience, the, the, the model right. And we're going to figure it out. And it's all about landing it in that zone. It's not 10,000 feet long. Maybe it's only 2,000 feet long. Maybe it's only a football field. But it contributes major hydrocarbons to the wellbore. Your IP in that rock alone, you can't combine that rock with a bunch of shit rock, especially if the bad rock is connected to a depressured zone and it's thieving, mm -hmm. it's stripping it out, it's drinking it and giving it to the neighbor or wherever it's going. <laughs> we don't know. But that's where the future is going to be. The future is going to be precision, beating power, and timing is going to be uh, much more powerful than speed. You're not going to go out there at $120 oil and drill a thousand wells. That's that doesn't make it makes money because it's $120 oil. But what makes more money is timing the stimulation correctly at the same time you have $120 oil and you have two well bores outperforming your neighbor's ten. Mm -hmm. That's the future and and. Henry's going to do it, and a lot of others are going to do it, too. The industry is changing. We are drilling less and getting more, 100%. So it's, the, it's, it's essentially smaller wells but bigger wells, if that oh, makes yeah. any sense. You're, it's you're, precision. You're, it's going to be pinpoint, and right. your, your fracks are going to be more effective. Oh, yeah. Really precise. Real near, near well bore inside the thing that is contributing the hydrocarbon. It, that's it. That's the facts. So, so let me ask a question on that. If you can, if your laterals aren't as long, yep. Assuming that there's a reasonable amount of homogeneity, there we go. I got to use one of my engineering <laughs> yeah, words. Let's go. Assuming that there's a reasonable amount of continuity on that acreage, wouldn't that argue for shorter but more wells? If I mean, if you're if you're really hitting yeah. all those lenses, and right. those lenses are mm -hmm. pretty evenly dispersed across your acreage, wouldn't you want to drill more shorter wells, not fewer shorter wells? Or, you, or you're saying you can drain just as much reservoir with fewer wells? Ooh, I like this. Yep. That's I like a really this. good question. If you first identify the lenses and first drill a pilot hole and actually do the geochemistry that's needed... Okay. The, the elemental makeup of these rocks and understand what's contributing the hydrocarbon to the wellbore. If you do that and, and you do it successfully through geophysical tools and you can map where those lenses are, you are going to identify that some rock is going to contribute way more than the other. So now you have a competitive edge of what the future looks like. You drill your good stuff, your other lenses 
appear to be just as good so you have a good sellable package and you start with this precise drilling slow money makers over time okay and you're you're getting great returns and you're building a product that looks like a five by five mile block that you can do this all over the place you have lenses all over the place you just got to get down there look at the data realize what you got and stimulate it correctly and we're going to do that it's totally changing more science oh and it's inexpensive it's not expensive we're not coring this stuff you do this with cuttings now yeah isn't that crazy because mm. cuttings we can do xrf gamma ray okay and so when we drill we have a gamma ray tool that's telling us where gamma ray was and that's really accurate to the wireline so now with xrf gamma ray you're taking those packages of 10 to 15 foot cuttings. If you're, if you're sampling correctly, you're doing it as fast and frequent as possible. You put everything on XRF gamma ray back tied to the wireline. So now you know exactly where those things came from. Mm-hmm. And now when you start studying that stuff relative to someone like Skips in the room, who knows the geology and really understands the structure that's driving it all, and you have it in the seismic data, you see it in the seismic data, you make predictions of what's driving it. He's, he, that's what he does. His thesis did it. You look at the geochemistry and you say, that's it. That's our A, that's our B, that's our C. Let's go prove it. Don't go land past it. Don't land next to it. It's all about getting everything on depth. It's a really, really difficult challenge to get all the software and all the data put points back in georeference together. That's really, really challenging. But you can get that well bore back into yeah. that zone and you can make these massive wells. You heard it here first, 5,000 barrel IPs, 10,000 barrel IPs, yeah. you said. <laughs> five years. What, that will... Within five years, no question okay. about it. That'll be awesome. I'll send an alarm on my phone. Dude, let's do it. <laughs> I'm going to email you five years from now. I might be from a laptop off the side of the street somewhere. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. These IPs are happy. These, these good well. there's already really good wells, but it's... It's with uh, slick water, hundred mesh, and and big powerful fracks, and they're just blowing things up, and and uh, and it's doing well. But most of them aren't doing that well. It's a lot of brine in this, a lot of a little bit of oil, thousand barrels, and then eight thousand barrels of brine. That ratio is going to balance itself, and if not, get the other way. We're going to figure that out yep. because we're understanding the the elemental world better. Well, you're right. When we when we do that, as you get smarter everyone's existing assets get more valuable yes Uh right or more competitive sure so at the same oil price you make more money or you know you can you can produce more at 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 higher prices so and and that's that's optionality for us in what we're doing out here with our our strategy you know we we'd love the assets to get more valuable we're making the going in assumption that they don't if we if we buy these things and produce them that those, as long those, as you, as long as we hedge it right away, that's right. That's then it's right. going to make its money back regardless. That's sure. gonna, that's going to that protects that protects our cash flows, which we've promised to our investors mm-hmm. who are not trying to get a ten bagger. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make fifteen percent because wow. their money in the bank makes them a point and a half. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to give them a be, a, a lower risk, a, you know, alternative to. The oil drill and, and exploration wells, but fabulously better than what they're doing in you know putting their money in the bank, and 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 that's something that um, you know we're excited about. We've Absolutely. got we've got a lot of capital to deploy, and so you know right now we're out knocking on doors, telling people what we're doing, and you know we think this market is coming toward us as mm. as folks uh, you know the deeper into the downturn you get, the more people are thinking about what assets they should be focused on and what assets they're willing to sell, and we'll be there to buy them. 
Right on. I think that model's great. I, I love it. I was going to say, because I know some people that are, they love hedging, and then I know other people that are absolutely against it. It's, mm-hmm. it's like the worst thing that, it's like when you say that word, they cringe a little bit <laughs> right? on the inside. Right. So when you're going through the process of, all right, you, with the PDP and the value of oil at, you know, X amount, right? Mm-hmm. So is how long of a process did that take you guys to calculate? Because you're looking at a bunch of different assets, right? It's not just you're buying up one big package. So you need to calculate this out for, you know, fives. I don't know how many assets sure. you guys purchased yeah. in this deal, but. Well, so if we think about, you know, we've got roughly $500 million to deploy, which mm-hmm. is a lot of money in the grand scheme of shale and the Permian. It's not a lot of money, mm-hmm. but um, we think about doing transactions 25 to $75 million in size. So we'll probably do 10 or 15 deals. Mm-hmm. You've got to look mm-hmm. at them each separately, but they roll up to create your production profile. Yeah. And, you know, what we've said is we don't want to roll the dice on oil price. I, I'm, I'm bullish on price from here. I mean, mm-hmm. low 50s, the best basin in the world barely makes enough money to generate a return. So if the best basin's barely making money, then this is not the right price long-term. Longer-term, we're going to see higher prices. But we don't want to make that price bet. Because yeah. if we can make a 15% return without hey, making a price bet... That's the win. We'll, we'll win. Yeah. When you look at public companies, I think it's a little bit different. Exxon doesn't hedge. Mm-hmm. Exxon doesn't hedge because their investors invest in them to own the oil business and they're big enough. They've got a downstream business, et cetera. So I think Mm -hmm. that hedging decision is very much a, what's your risk tolerance and, and what kind of exposure are your investors looking for? Yeah. Their break even point is totally different compared to anyone else, right? right. Because owning, you know, the upstream midstream and downstream, it's, you know, (laughs) that's, that's a whole nother rabbit hole to go down. But I was going to (laughs) say, get another guy on to talk about that. Wow. All right. What's uh, what's next? The executive summary. Um, so oh. uh, this this essentially has covered uh, kind of what I've talked about. We're we're looking to buy these PDP assets. You know, we'll buy vertical production, but we'd rather own these maturing horizontals just because I'd rather operate fewer wellbores. Mm-hmm. You know, for the same amount of production. Um, you know, we've we've established this. We're, we'll look at the Delaware. We're looking here in. Uh, the Midland Basin, and you know, we'll look at some stuff on the Central Basin platform. But the reality is, most of that is a lot of well bores, vertical production. We'd yeah, rather we'd nightmare. rather do the horizontals. Yeah. If we go to the next page, I think, you know, the the what we talk about in terms of the the strengths of what we're doing is again, we talked about the Henrys. These guys are just fabulous operators with a great reputation. And you look at our firm; we've been around the patch for quite a while we know a lot of of the folks that are capital providers we've got technical resources on our side Mm -hmm. and so we feel like we're just really well situated to be good buyers and operators of assets and uh, so we we put this thing together over the last six months and you know we're now out looking to to put dollars to work if we go to the next page this is just a map of this is just a map of where we've deployed capital over you no know the last kidding. 10 years as an asset manager and uh the yellow is where uh, the henry's are operating the gray is where they've operated and owned in the past and my point here would be we've operated in, or we've 
been involved in stuff in the Delaware. We've been involved in stuff in the Midland Basin. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of yellow and brown on that map. Ajax. Yeah. You're, you're the one who got Ajax? Uh, Ajax? We were involved in Ajax. So that was a... Uh, on the private equity side, we invested with with uh, the management team in Kelso to to own those assets, Diamondback Bottom, uh, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, we put money to work there. We're involved in Admiral Permian, really? uh, along cool with the folks yeah. at, at Aries. That's and just south of the Simmerex guys. That's yeah. exactly right. Um, and so, you know, this is kind of where we are. But what I'd tell you is. The world isn't our oyster, but basically, if it's in the Purian, it's our it's our oyster. We feel comfortable as buyers, kind of across both basins, and uh, that's it. You know, so we're we're out buying PDPs in the best basin in the world, in our opinion, and right. generating hopefully good returns with a a team we think can very effectively exploit those assets. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. That Southern Midland Basin one is really interesting. Yeah, right by the Ozona Arch. Uh-huh. That's right. Yep. That's oh, a man. That's a, a property package that the Henrys put together five or six years ago. They, um, you know, they operated a piece, they sold a piece, and um, is that you know, not the? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that's an example. That at eighty dollar oil is core. At fifty dollar oil, it's tier two or mm-hmm. tier two and a half. Till we get those mm-hmm. IPs up. That's right. Yeah. Until you're you know, geomechanic geochemistry yeah that's right. uh, that's gurus make it all happen yeah. that's the combination yeah um so so that's kind of the drill down piece for me is you know we're we're uh, focused on putting some capital to work in the basin while uh everybody's a little nervous yeah and mm-hmm. you know we plan to own these assets you know we could own them for 15 years my expectation is the market will likely improve sometime before the end of the next 15 years. And they'll sure. be, they'll, the traditional buyers will come back. Mm-hmm. And as the Henry's have done and we've done, we'll, we'll sell when these assets get fairly valued. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're, we're excited to be doing it. Really, really exciting. How many wellbores are in the current assets? Um. For the Henrys, I can't. I can't tell you the answer. I don't know their assets well enough to give you a, a good answer. Sure, mm-hmm. um, they're, you know, they are. How much? I was going to say they're a little. They're probably about ten thousand barrels a day in total today. Right on. Um, our expectation is if we put this five hundred million to work, we'll wind up buying at least initial production somewhere in that 10,000 barrel a day range as well. Really? So you're yeah. going to get 20 a day after all? all s- well, keep, keep in mind that we've done this joint venture. So the Henry's run their oil company and, and are drilling wells separately from our joint venture. So the stuff they own, they continue to own. We're going to, the stuff we buy together, they'll operate and we'll own together. So, right got, um, it. got it. You know, we've, they got plenty on their plate. Right yeah. <laughs> is that Southern uh, Midland stuff pretty, is that mature in the sense there's, there's horizontal wells down there or there are. Okay. So okay. there, yeah, there've been a number of horizontal strill down there. Is that where that EOG package was? Wasn't there a, it was somewhere in, is it Crockett or kinda, was it? I'm trying to, I'm trying to yes, remember. Yes. There was, a, there was an EOG package somewhere that sold a year or two ago. Yeah. And I'm, I can't remember if it was Sequitur that bought that. Oh. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, and of course, there's there are a lot of players all around all these assets. I mean, yeah, there's tons of folks. So the, you know, the the key is going to be for us. 
you have to have the right combination of, right, we're a willing buyer, but you got to have a willing seller too. And uh, a big public company doesn't, quote unquote, need to sell anything. It's a function back to this optimizing issue right. yeah. of them optimizing their drilling program and, and uh, you wow. know, spending packages. So, you know, wow. we'll just hope, hopefully find the guys who are, it's the right time for them to sell. This is awesome. I, you're buying yourself time. That's my interpretation of this. And, uh, and with time, things will drastically change. We're on the cusp. We're on this. Uh, we're on the 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 apex of something, and it's going to break through, and uh, and the industry is going to survive and and thrive from this point. So that's going to be fascinating to watch. We will be huge fans of that, and we'll be keeping you on our radar. Five years from now, we Five need to years. do another podcast. Oh. We'll see what IPs are, are doing. Go. I'm telling you, and it's going to be you guys. It's going to be you guys. Which which leads me to a, a a thought, and I wasn't sure if I was going to bring it up or not, but. When uh, we have experience with the investment group that uh, that's saying, hey, we want quarterly reports, we want to know what's going on, and we, we do all this work every three months to put a package together, and we all you know, finally put our heads together, and it helps the team come together and do something, put a product out. Um, what, uh, what is your expectations of a quarterly report from the technical side of, of something like Henry? Yeah. Um, um, I'll answer it a little bit differently. I think uh, monthly or quarterly reportings, it can be as straightforward or as onerous as you decide to make it, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it has to have some information content, but it shouldn't be consuming three weeks of mm -hmm. every month or <laughs> <Yeah>. two <laughs> months of every quarter. Um, we tend to think, and, and I think the reality is that in the in the oil and gas business, I'm not sure that technically things change dramatically every quarter, mm -hmm. um, right? So my view would be, if I was thinking about that reporting process, what's changed? What what new information's informing right. our view? How is that changing what we're going to be doing for the next awesome. six or twelve or eighteen months? Awesome. Do we do I need a science report every quarter as a financial investor? Probably not. Um, do I need a science review once a year? Probably. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you've learned. Definitely. And how's it going to change what we're doing? So um, I think I think you've got to get you've got to decide amongst your investor base and your technical folks what those expectations are. Right. And and then make sure it's useful. Great. Here's a technical report. If I don't do anything with it. It just used up a bunch of your time, right? And but I do think there's it's good to have discipline, right? If you know you've got sure. to present a year end review, well, you plan for that and you think about it. It makes you think about your business. You got to be thinking about the business. So Keeps it all in context. I push it all toward right how is it making us better? Right on, right on. That's a really good opportunity. A good, a good uh, strong, I think, platform for people to to work openly and be confident in themselves and come together, you're giving them that opportunity or maybe a comfortable setting for them to have the opportunity to be successful in that. It's not, pre it doesn't seem pressure driven. It doesn't seem like it's uh, it's very aggressive approach. You, you're saying this is, we're obviously trying to get better. 
I want to understand at whatever level you personally want to understand it at, how are we, how are you guys all thinking we're going to get better? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we do every day. That's what we go to sleep thinking about, well, well we're going to put that freaking well board. We're going to go right. 25 degrees <laughs> right. east of north. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and, and as financial types, I'd much rather you spend most of your time thinking about where the wellbore goes versus how do I document this sure. for you know a presentation. Sure. Yep. So you got to find the right balance. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. I love that answer. I think, uh, does that spiral us right into the con- uh, completion part of this show? I guess so.